by the time you hear this podcast, you too will feel the power of smooth music. a hint of what we'll be talking about this evening. Michael Jackson's Human Nature. He's part of the topic we'll be talking about this evening and it is also his birthday. Oh yeah. So um, that's why we started the song with that. Happy but, birthday to the real king. Who was claiming to be the king? Well I mean everyone calls Elvis the king. Oh. To me it's Michael Jackson. Um, hands down. Yeah. I, I believe it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so uh welcome to by the time you hear this podcast i'm greg i'm ben and we're back with another episode um took a little bit of time off uh ben moved why i don't know because i lived in austell (laughs) (laughs) if you're from atlanta you know that that's near six flags and it's not a very cool place and i also lived in a shoebox (laughs) okay yeah, I lived in a shoebox, and now I don't. Um, it was very tiny, and we just needed space. So um rented a big old truck, and I'd never driven a U-Haul truck before in my life, but they just let you drive them. I was convinced you had to have a special license. Mm-hmm. Nope, they just let you drive it. Well, when, when I'm, I drove a U-Haul when I was in Warner Robins, mm-hmm. um, yeah, all my stuff was in a yeah. U-Haul, and, they, and I drove it there, so... Yeah, they do just let you try. They just give you the keys. <laughs> I was very surprised. They're like, "Yeah, it's got a full tank of gas. Make sure you fill it up before you bring it back." <laughs> That's all they tell That's you. That's all they tell you. I was like, "All right, <clears throat> um, cool," but I mean, it worked out for the best. Um, hopefully, I don't move for a long time because it's it's not fun. So that's what I'm hoping, at least. Yeah. Um... And, uh, well, as you may hear, I'm getting over a cold, so I may sound a little nasally. Um, 
but uh, we're able to get this going here. Um, this may be an abbreviated episode, so we'll just get right into it. Um, the last time you heard this podcast, there was no Frank Ocean album, and there was, well, I was skeptical that there was going to be one in the first place, and then all of a sudden, all of the sudden, I know that was wrong, but <laughs> um, on, let's see what the exact release date was, August 20th, yeah, 2016, Blood was released. Um, I have not had a chance to listen to it. I don't have Apple uh, Music, so I have not had a chance to listen to it. Um, and I'm not going to get Apple Music just to hear one album. Mm. Unless he keeps it on there as an exclusive, then maybe I'll get it for a month. Um, because I know a lot of people do like, oh, it's, a, it's an Apple Music exclusive. And it's only there for like a two, like two or three weeks. And then it goes everywhere. So I'm waiting for that. If that doesn't happen, then I, I can either pirate it like I did with uh, 1989 although I did that out of spite because um, that was a garbage album. Um, or I buy it because I like Frank Ocean and I want to support him as an artist. Um, I'll probably do that and to support him as an artist um, because, you know, kids out there who um, might think that they should just pirate everything. Typically, if you want your favorite artists to continue to do what they do, you should buy it. That way they know you like it because you're willing to put... You, put money on it, put some respect on it. Um, if you're not willing to do that, why would they be willing to, you know, continue to make music for you? It's not cheap. So, I, I mean, I, that's just my thought. So buy what you like and support it. Um, there was, There's a very interesting guest list on this album. <clears throat> uh, that includes Pharrell. Okay. Uh, Tyler, the creator. All right. Uh, Todd <laughs> Rudgren. Uh, of the Cars fame. <laughs> uh, Kendrick Lamar. Uh, Andre 3000. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, I think he does a cover of Close to You written by Burke Bacharach. Yeah. Um, and Steve Wonder. Um, he has a, I guess he kind of samples John Lennon and Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. Some Beatles stuff. Um, um, yeah, it's all over the place. Um, there's a lot of things going on. I don't know if it's something for everyone. I haven't listened to the album, but I like the guest list that he has. It, it looks like it's it's varied, and uh, he has some. Uh, he does some experimentation. Yeah, uh, with his work. Everything that I'm reading about it, which is why I'm pretty anxious to hear it, is giving it very high praise. This is the follow up that we were waiting for. Um, high hopes with his first album. Um, well, I guess really his first was the mixtape. Some people consider his mixtape his first album. Um, they went Channel Orange. And now um, with Blonde, which everyone thought was going to be called Boys Don't Cry, which ended up actually being the name of the label he released it under. Um, and so um, hopes were high. Expectations were high. And from what I'm hearing, he delivered. Shame on me for not having heard it since you know, I put all this hype behind it, um, liking his first record. So I do, I do need to listen to it. I'm just hoping it comes off of that. If you hear me out there, Spotify, you need to fight harder for these exclusives, man. Like, I, I don't want to give in to Apple Music. Nothing against Apple. I just like Spotify better. And yeah, so give me a reason to stay with Spotify. Um, the well before the before the album was released, he had a video album called endless mm -hmm. which was 
which was released to fulfill his recording contract with Def Jam. Yeah. So Blonde is on his own <laughs> label and he produced it and um um which is is that this this is also this is so it's like more original material. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um not as I guess it doesn't appear to be as in depth or or full as the um as blonde, but me with it being like a short film, then um you know, it's gonna be formatted a little differently. But also I haven't seen it, so I don't <laughs> know what's in it. Yeah. Um so funny too that he would do that just to fulfill his contract and then get out of it. And then release an album independently, on record label, on its own. Um just another nail in the coffin of the major label. <laughs> Cause, I mean, he didn't even—he doesn't even need a, a label to promote him anymore. He just does it on his own, you know. Yeah. Another nail in their coffin. Pretty much. Um, so, uh, maybe the next episode we'll do some kind of review of it. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully by then it's out, or or one of us has purchased it and listened to it, and yeah, we can speak to it. So we'll take the time to listen to it um, exclusively. It's exclusively on iTunes and Apple Music. Um, I haven't used my three month trial yet. So, I did. It's uh, <laughs> I, I did already. <laughs> so it may be worth it to me. The, well, maybe this is a good start to mm-hmm. uh, use my three month trial. Um, but yeah, check it out and uh, let us know what you think. Uh, hit us up on our Facebook page or on iTunes or Podomatic. Let us know what you think of Frank Ocean's new album. Um, is it everything you hoped for? Is it everything you dreamed? He sure made you wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, next, uh, well, we had the VMAs last night. Um, Beyond, or also known as the the BMAs, the Beyonce Music oh, Awards. She was nominated eleven times and won eight awards. Not bad. Um, so it's definitely a big night for her. Yeah. Even though I think the VMAs has become more of a diluted. Um, or it's just not what it was. Mm-mm. Um, is it because of the music industry and is it because of pirating and downloading? Um, I'd almost is it adventure. because of how people can consume music now that yeah. the, the music video isn't as important as it was? No, I think, and I think honestly, I, I'd venture to say that it even may have something to do with like the short attention span of their, of their key demographic. The people, of course, that are putting it on and performing at it are, you know, they're in their 30s and 40s, but the people that are consuming it are like, you know, 15 to 25. Short attention spans. Like, I mean, like, honestly, I I wonder if they even had, a, if they even were able to keep um, them, you know, in into the programming for the entire, I guess, what, two plus hours that it goes, or did they have to throw a whole bunch of bells and whistles in it? Like, I'd read somewhere that they told Kanye West he could do whatever he wanted at the show. Yeah, he, had, he got four Beyonce. minutes to say whatever. Yeah, <laughs> Beyonce um, could perform it for however long she wanted. So, I mean, like, basically at this point, they're just kind of pandering and catering to the fan. Which, I mean, like, hey, power to them. They got to, you know, keep the lights on at MTV Studios. But, like, like you said, it's, it's diluted. It's not what it was. Well, yeah, I think with, okay, um, they've taken to heart that Kanye's video premieres are events mm-hmm. still. Um, 
and with Beyonce, she still has like the music world at her fingertips. Yeah. Um, so she could do whatever. She won eight awards. You got to get information, man. Um, <laughs> and with those eight awards, she now has the record for most awards with 24. Yeah, for real? The previous record was held by Madonna with 20. If only VMAs, you know, meant something. Um, it's almost like she won a lot of NAACP image awards. <laughs> um, you know, a la R. Kelly. You know, just, you know. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. VMAs, when, of course, you know, when I was younger, and of course I was their core demographic, meant a lot more to me. Now I'm just like, this is another one of those, um, hey, let's pat ourselves on the back nights. <laughs> Basically, I mean, not to hate on anybody. I mean, what? Well, I'm just, I know we're out of touch. You know, that's all it really is. Yeah. No. Um, uh, that's all I have on that. I mean, Rihanna got the Video Vanguard Award, which we bitched on the last podcast. I think some people on Twitter wanted Drake to propose to her then uh, because he presented to her. I don't know. Or maybe that was just something they thought that would be funny. I thought it would be funny, but well, I, mean, like, I don't know if it was. What I mean, what is with them? I mean, like, were they. They were I, I, they were a couple at one point, right? They're a couple now. They're a couple now? I thought they weren't together anymore. I, I don't know, man. I, I think they are a couple or... Like everything since the Chris since Chris Brown has been... If, well, it, it's kind of like if you ask Drake, they're a couple. If you ask Rihanna, it's like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like that might be pretty accurate, actually. Um, oh, Shout out to DNCE for winning uh, Best New Artist. Yeah, it's not. That. It's not. It's not like the Grammy best two artists. No, no. I mean, they might be something, but it's probably not a. I mean, they're trending towards one hit wonder right now because uh, Toothbrush hasn't really blown up like they probably hoped it would. Like the um, like uh, Cake well, by the Ocean. Well, people are still getting around to Cake by the Ocean. Yeah, it was in the Sprint commercial. They need to get in a Sprint commercial or something like that. You know, Verizon. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I mean, we'll see what happens there, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for him. Um, next on the docket, uh, probably one of the more controversial figures in 21st century pop music, mm -hmm. Lou Pearlman, uh, passed away on August 19th. Uh, Lou Pearlman, um, <laughs> I'm looking at the Wikipedia and it says, Lou Pearlman was an American record producer and fraudster. <laughs> wow, just jump right into it. I mean, it's true, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> hell, with everything that surrounded him, as morbid as it sounds, there might be there might have been people there like to make sure he was dead. Like, and that reminds me of that that Fresh Prince episode where the judge dies and um, Will's trying to like eulogize him, yeah. and he was like, "No, nah, I just showed up to make sure he was dead." <laughs> like, I, I feel like there might have been some people like that at Lou Pearlman's funeral. Um, I mean, he had he was he, fraud. I mean, yeah, he gave us some of the greatest, you know, boy bands of the early of the early two thousands, um, late nineteen um, nineteen nineties, you know, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, O Town, um, you know, it kind of was like you know that decades that time era's Maurice Starr, um, but then also there were the molestation, um, um, not charges, but just like um, what did he charge for molestation? I know there's accusations of it. There were accusations. Yeah, I don't I don't remember if they're substantiated or not. Um, and then fraud, just, he just wasn't a great person stealing from his artists. Um, the to American get, dream really. I don't to know. give you guys a little more, um, a little more detail about this guy. 
Um, well, you said he's like the, the 21st century Maurice star. He did become fascinated with the success of new kids on the block, mm -hmm. which was organized by Maurice star. <laughs> um, and he started transcontinental records with the intent of mimicking the boy band business model. And his first band was the Backstreet Boys. Um, you might've heard of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, which consisted of five unknown performers selected by Perlman in a $3 million talent search. Um, so he was there. He was there. He was Backstreet Boys manager. He was also in sync's manager. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but with the success of the Backstreet Boys becoming the best selling boy band of all time, hitting gold, platinum and diamond in 45 different countries, he repeated this formula with NSYNC. And, um, he became like a, he became a power player, mm -hmm. uh, almost overnight, uh, with, if anybody remembers making the band before Diddy, before Diddy, yes, before Diddy, not the band making the band, the first season of making the band, Lou Pearlman putting together O-Town, um, uh, I heard that song, their, their first song, Liquid Dreams recently. Oh, like, I forgot about that song. That song is awful. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they thought they were going to do something. Yeah. Anyway, um, and it was on ABC. See, it, like, making the band with Diddy, that was on MTV. Yeah. But when it was on ABC, a reality show in prime time, mm -hmm. that shows how much of a player, a big time guy, Lou Pearlman was. Um, <clears throat> he also um, managed LFO, mm -hmm. uh, Take Five, Natural and us five, as well as the girl group Innocence, uh, Britney Spears was a member for a very, very short time. And um, he co-managed that group with Lynn Harless, who is Justin Timberlake's mother. Uh, other artists on the label included Aaron Carter, uh, which you can know, hear about his exploits of beating Shaquille O'Neal in a game of basketball. <laughs> Uh, Jordan Knight, formerly of New Kids on the Block. Smiles at South Star. Rap one hit wonders, man. If that was even a hit, but <laughs> yes. Um, and then he ended up, uh, he had a large entertainment complex in Orlando. Um, uh, at a studio. Uh, had a dance studio. And he wrote a book called Bands, Brands, and Billions. My Top Ten Rules for Making Any Business Go Platinum. Um, yeah, and they also it produced some independent films. Uh, then there were lawsuits. Um, I think, uh, there was a lawsuit by the Backstreet Boys. Mm -hmm. They're the first to file. Uh, somehow they had only received $300,000 for all their stuff <laughs> for like all their music, all their sales, and all that. It was ridiculous when I mean, you think about what they did. Um, and uh, eventually, Lou Pearlman got involved into a Ponzi scheme. Mm -hmm. um, everyone knows how that goes. So, I think his his episode of American Greed is going to be good. Whenever he gets one, yeah, it's going to be good. I've been waiting. Um, yeah, but uh, guys, read up on Lou Pearlman. Um, I think he's. Uh, just is it's, he's just an interesting character as far as he came out of nowhere mm -hmm. 
that was the biggest name in pop music as far as the business side of it. Yeah. Not and, a lot um, of people probably knew who he was, but you know what he did. Like his hand was everywhere. Yeah. No pun intended there. Um, didn't mean that. I mean, I like I, he probably he probably tried to get his hand into everything. Like he if he had if he had it his hand on getting everything the Backstreet Boys were doing and everything NSYNC was doing, mm-hmm. you know, he probably tried to get a hand on what um what MTV was doing. Like with their TRLs. Oh yeah, I'm sure. With, the, with TRL, um, and then he got the money from ABC to do a reality show in prime time. Reality show in prime time on a major network. Yeah. That is like now. I mean, you have the competition-based shows: The Apprentice, The Bachelorette, mm-hmm. um, when American Idol was on The Voice, that kind of thing. But Back for this guy thing. to have one, mm-hmm. for this guy. Who a few years prior, no one even knew of. Um, and then he has these major successes of, I mean, you would say like, okay, Justin Timberlake should thank Lou Pearlman. But <laughs> I, I understand if he like completely hates Lou Pearlman. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. So read, read about him. And, you know, if you want to use those methods to become a millionaire, billionaire, I don't know if it's going to work now. Yeah. Boy bands, aren't, they don't have the clout they used to have. Yeah. I mean, you could probably take what he did and apply it to maybe um, some order, some other type of group. So long as you make it look like it's organic, because for some reason people want to see groups come together organically. Yeah. Like they were friends in high school. Yeah. And- but I mean, yeah, like doing exactly what he did now. You know, forming them through a talent search or an ad in the paper, you know, putting them through boy band boot camp and taking them to Europe to get big and then showing them off. in the like, uh-uh, that's just not going to I don't think it works anymore like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you can get discovered on YouTube. Yeah. You know, or well, even um, there'll probably be like little Lou Pearlman's out yeah. there instead because i mean even the biggest boy band in, in the world right now even though they you know are on hiatus one direction was formed during uh britain's got talent no x factor my bad during x factor yeah it was on a tv competition show so like they didn't even you know have a lou perlman it's just like they even they came together organically like yeah we were all friends oh or, or you could say that x factor or in certain countries here mm-hmm. got talent yeah that's the lou perlman now yeah it's in be- a way. It's become an entity. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. So, um, like I said, this is going to be kind of an abbreviated show. Uh, so, Ben, let's get to your earworm of the week. All right. So, it is by a group called Glass Animals. Let me make sure I got that right. Um, get back to my... Uh... The song is called Youth. By Glass Animals. Heard it on um, a Spotify Spotify <laughs> Spotify playlist, um, New Music Fridays. So it's uh, kind of like just a pop track. I'm not, I'm not sure if they're very big. I, I like the track though, and I just I want to share it with everybody. All right, let's check it out. Youth by Glass Animals.
show that is Youth by Glass Animals, which is from their album How to Be a Human Being, which just came out like three days ago. Yeah, I know <laughs> that. Um, I know the single. I heard it. It had to be less than a month ago on New, uh, New Music Fridays, which now I have started checking out ever since. Um, you know that in, in part with my um, Discover playlist have been giving me gold. So I every Friday I look forward to hearing the new music and hopefully well I'll be at a wedding this Friday so I gotta find time to to listen to my new music playlist. Mm. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. San Francisco, which is it's like sixty degrees there right now. Sixty. It is no sixty. Sorry. Oh, sixty so it's degrees. Nice weather. I hope. I mean, fall I'm hoping weather. it's. We'll see. I mean, like yeah, fall weather at the end of August, going into September. So I guess yeah, they're they're right on track now that I think about it. I'm not looking forward to it. I gotta dress a little bit warmer. We'll see. Yeah. All right. So Ben is uh, jet setting. Um, <laughs> uh, so. Um, all right. So our topic of the night. If you heard "Human Nature" by Michael Jackson, uh, Ben, why don't you tell the people who wrote "Human Nature"? "Human Nature," if I remember correctly, was written by two members of Toto. Um, the keyboard player, I, the names escape me. Let me look them up. The keyboard player was one of the people, and I believe um, the guitar player as well um, wrote it. And I don't know why I can't think of their names because I love Toto. Um, Steve Lukather, I think, might have been one of them. Let me see here. No, I, I, wow, I had it in my head, Steve Picaro, but I thought it was wrong. Steve Picaro and John Bettis, um, produced, of course, by the incomparable Quincy Jones. Um, and yeah, both were members of the band Toto. Uh, Steve Picaro being the keyboard player, um, who, of course, wrote um, wrote the main part to wrote, um, Rosanna, which a lot of people know. And then um, John Bettis was... Actually, I think I might have been incorrect on saying that he was a member of he is not toto he was just someone who wrote with them regularly um steve picaro was the only member steve picaro who's the brother of the late if I remember correctly the late jeff picaro um who was the drummer phenomenal drummer of toto um all of them were very very good musicians though um if i remember correctly they were all studio musicians basically they got together and just wanted to play they did uh even though it was just one member of toto that wrote it and another songwriter mm -hmm. the band played on the track okay I, that i did not know i didn't know they played on the track um david page okay uh jeff picaro and drums steve picaro steve lukather he is uh, such a good guitar player <laughs> for anyone who likes to hear really good guitar players look him up and he could sing too he sung um georgie porgy um yeah i, I like that guy <laughs> So this was this was this was a, a Toto project <laughs> mm -hmm. um, uh, with Quincy Jones and Michael Jackson. So yeah. in the in what 1983, this was a pretty big deal. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's almost like, and this would be just a weird scenario. Like, I wonder what Toto would have sounded like if Michael Jackson was their lead singer. Just listen to Human Nature. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, so our topic tonight is. Uh, kind of the the made up genre. Yeah, I guess it is kind of made up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's it's soft rock, but sometimes it's called yacht rock because you can imagine hearing the music and seeing people in off the coast of Florida uh, in their yachts with their boat shoes, with their boat shoes, uh, snorting a lot of cocaine. 
sweater um, tied around their neck. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing all this nautical gear. Oh yeah. And they can't swim. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I have, I have this very extensive playlist of songs that would fit the category. I love course. that rock music. I love it. <laughs> um, and for people who, uh, peruse the internet, there is a, there's a, uh, there's a web series called Yacht Rock. Um, it's from 2005. Well, it started 2005, but it was made over the course of five years, 12 episodes, in which they, um, kind of a mockumentary, or they make, they create stories about how certain songs are written or just certain situations. It's all fictionalized. I and mean, hilarious. some of it may be true, but mostly fictionalized. Um, and it's, it's, it is, it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, the first, the, for example, the very first episode, it's about the song, what a fool believes. And basically in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, uh, in the video, it has that Michael McDonald's having trouble writing a song for the Doobie brothers and they're about to fire him. And then you know, the fictional Coco Goldstein asked Kenny Loggins, who just <clears throat> broke up uh, his group with Loggins uh, and Messina. With Loggins and Messina, he just broke up that group. And like, Kenny, why don't you help out Michael McDonald? Kenny just went solo, you know. So, um, they he they end up writing what a fool believes together, um, and it also features. Uh, I mean, they feature some other songs, but the point is that, uh, yeah, they just wrote some, some stories, some hilarious stories about how certain songs are written. Um, song of the year. What a fool believes. Love that. Yeah. Song. Yeah. Um, and one episode was about human nature. Mm -hmm. Um, they had to, uh, Basically, Toto has to stop Michael Jackson from crossing over to the hard rock oh, music because yeah, he, he's been hanging out with Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, <laughs> did beat it. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, check out the series. Just search Yacht Rock, and you'll find it. Yeah, I mean, it, and it has appearances from like all of the these like big soft rock artists of the '80s. Like Chris Christopher Cross shows up at one point. Um, I remember the episode that was about the writing of Rosanna where like his girlfriend was going to break up with him if he didn't write a song about her. Um, was that the episode? Oh no, uh, it was, uh, he was dating Rosanna, Rosanna Arquette, Arquette. Yeah. And she wanted Michael McDonald to, oh, to sing okay, uh, yes. to, she wanted them to write a song, but she wanted Michael McDonald to sing it. But they're like, but Michael McDonald hates our band. <laughs> <laughs> so they went through a plan to have, uh, to, to make him do it. And the first one was uh like for step one, ask nicely. <laughs> and then and then you got cut to Michael McDonald. Uh but I hate your band. <laughs> <laughs> and then they like the second step was to make him head, uh, make him an irrelevant joke. Um That's when he was singing background for everyone, right? Yeah, they yeah. made a sketch on SCTV, if anybody remembers that show from the eighties. Uh it was basically like a Saturday Night Live but Canadian. Okay. I never of, heard of it. I guess. Um and it had like John Candy and Rick Moranis on okay. there. Okay. Uh, but they made a sketch about Michael McDonald singing back up for everybody. <laughs> it, it was like he's driving down the street and Ride Like the Wind is playing. <laughs> and then um, 
and then was about to be back with Donald's part. He's you see him driving down the street, but then you saw him see him run into the studio and then sing his part <laughs> and then he leaves. <laughs> um so yeah, and then eventually they just wrote um Rosanna and then Michael McDonald comes around like, Hey guys, I, I, I want you guys to help me. I'm ready for the eighties. But <laughs> you know, maybe they work together later, but not on that song. Oh Rosanna. Love that song. Um but uh um it's a it's a the yacht rock is a it's the soft rock um and it relates to the stereotype of the yuppie yacht owner enjoying smooth music while out for a sale mm-hmm. and um and then there were many nautical references made in music uh videos album artwork a sailing by Christopher cross kind of like pushed it over the top <laughs> <laughs> um but the artist that you want to consider for this kind of, for this genre or to put it in this category will be Michael McDonald, Doobie Brothers, specifically with Michael McDonald, Kenny Loggins, Boz Skaggs, mm. Steely Dan, mm-hmm. Toto, Hall and Oates, um, but also uh, Bertie Higgins. That sound familiar? Hold on. Let me look. I've heard that name. This is... Uh, Bertie Higgins, what hit wonder from the 80s, I guess you might say. Oh, God, I remember this. <clears throat> oh, he's from Florida. Okay, that makes sense why he would write a song called Okay, <laughs> <Key> Largo. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so yeah, some people consider this country. I'm reading. I, I could see that. Yeah. Um, very soft country, but country nonetheless, I guess. Um, this came out a little earlier, but here's another one that maybe consider it. Ah, Silton Cross. I was actually thinking about them. Makes me wonder how many people realize they did the original. After the Isley Brothers, like, really just kind of rocked it up a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I love this track. In that same vein, then, could, um... Well, I don't know, I feel like, actually, you know, due to the subject matter, I do feel more like on a boat with this one. Because I was thinking of, um... Uh, the band... Is it America? I'm thinking of Horse With No Name. But that's not really... That's more folk rock, really, yeah. than... Yeah, I remember what. Um, so yeah, Michael McDonald, um, Al Jarreau, when they talked about the they, they talk about the Yamo Be There episode. Uh, I think well, I not that not one. Al Jarreau, James Ingram. James Ingram, yes, yes, not Al Jarreau, yes. What am I thinking? I, I, I need to go back and watch this show some more. Is it still on YouTube? Yeah, I was I was watching a couple of episodes today. Um, I'm trying to find that. So yep, here we go. Oh yeah. And I remember reading that um, it was based off of a, just kind of a, a misreading of the phrase, I'm going to be there. <laughs> um, and of course, anytime I, I hear this song, I, fair or unfair, I instantly think of the 40-year-old virgin. 
where like it, they just keep playing the Michael McDonald concert on repeat and he's like if I had to hear Yama be there one more time I'm going to Yama burn this place down <laughs> I was like I guess I would probably hate it too if I heard it a hundred times um yeah actually I think this is on yeah this is on the list I put together of songs that Michael McDonald sings on where he's not the main artist um yeah there's even a song by I have to look it up that I, oh yeah there's a total song that he sings on I'll Be Over You where he sings background vocals on um um like the second verse and the second chorus it's like very sparse it's not like in Peg or something where like you know he has a major hmm. granted he did play um keyboard with um with Steely Dan for a little bit too so I think people kind of underrate him as a as a keyboard player as well he's very good speaking of Peg I'd be remiss if we didn't play that one yeah there's a really good, if you can find it out there, there's a really good version, and this is for you know, the people listening, a really good version of them playing this live with him on keyboards and background vocals. Um, white hair and all. Um, it's probably from like maybe 15 years ago. It's not that old. Um, and he's sitting there playing like keyboard with him like he used to tour with him, playing keyboard and singing background vocals. <clears throat> and it's always interesting when you to look at someone like that who kind of carved their own name for themselves where they came from kind of like how um luther vandross sung on a um he did background vocals on a david boy album and, like those were his some of his beginnings um michael mcdonald kind of started out singing and playing keyboard with silly dan which i mean they use a lot of musicians though i mean with um walter becker donald fagan basically just kind of whoever was good at the time they went and got yeah. um the making of <clears throat> this album which this, this is aja right or is it asia however you say it asia asia but they had the um, the making of it, like the different bass players they brought in, something like ten or fifteen different takes of the guitar solo on here. Um, it's all pretty fascinating, really. Like the, just the making of this album, um, a yacht rock classic, if I do say so myself. Um, yeah. What's interesting in reading and reading more about the about the series, uh, there was a term that people tried to use called marina rock. Which is for like the working class version. Oh god. So like, who are the working class Marina Rock <laughs> artists? Uh well that would be like Seals and Croft, okay. Bernie Higgins. Um when there's also there's also this one. Oh Is is the pina colada not a classy drink? Is that not a <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um this song makes me think of I don't know why because it's such it's such a cheesy it's cheesy and raunchy at the same time it's a movie called The Sweetest Thing it has, I've never uh, seen that Cameron Diaz right? has Cameron Diaz okay. Christina Applegate and while they're changing clothes while driving this song came on I think I've seen that scene yeah and then there was a because they're in their underwear in the car and then there's a biker like mm-hmm. trying to trying to get a look it needs a crashing um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I don't know why they didn't think of that movie, but that hit the songs in the movie. So, oh man, and and the, the song is based on a uh, based on the um, on like a personal ad. The song is really? well. It kind of sounds like a personal ad, I guess. It's like if you like pina coladas, call five 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 five. Um, 
So yeah, there's yeah, there's that. Uh, what was another working class that they had on this list? Let me go to my because um, I also have a yacht rock playlist. Um, oh, uh, Looking Glass. Are you familiar with this song? Let it play for a little bit longer. Yes, yes. Who did? Who does this though? The band? Yeah. Looking Glass. Oh, okay. No, no, I thought that was the name of the song. What's the name of the song? Brandy. Brandy, you're a fine girl. I might not be familiar with this then. Was this Marina Rock? This, this, this was the Marina Rock. So they're the people, I'm, I'm assuming Marina Rock, he didn't have enough money to leave the marina. He had to sit there on the dock and just kind of listen. My Yacht Rock playlist here. Because I know I had Andrew Gold on there, um, who was famous for doing the Thank You for Being a Friend. Uh, the Golden Girls? Theme. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite song by him is Lonely Boy. Um, See, so I've got like, you know, um, Kid Charlemagne, Little Shuffle, which. Um, Little Shuffle. Oh, I gotta play that. Yeah. With Boss Skaggs, featuring um, several members of the band Toto. And um, I still remember seeing a video where, like, Jeff um, Jeff Picaro, the drummer, used the same shuffle, like, in a lot of different songs. Like, I think he sort of used this and a mixture of um, Fool in the Rain by Led Zeppelin for the shuffle to Rosanna. Rosanna. Yeah. I, I've, I've seen the video on yeah. YouTube in which he explains it. Yeah. Um, yeah, he used... Uh, it was part... He used the, the Fool in the Rain. Mm -hmm. It was part... The Purdy Shuffle. Purdy, yeah, that guy's hilarious if you get to watch his video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I saw what his videos do. Uh, it was part Purdy Shuffle and part Bo Diddley. Yeah. The Bo Diddley beat. Like he, yeah, he's a phenomenal drummer the way in which he just kind of broke that down too. Um, what else did I have on here? Steal Away. As, would that song be considered Marina Rock? I feel like that would not be considered Yacht Rock. Um, let's see. What what does Robbie, is Robbie Dupree on yeah. the list? Uh, well, he's not on the Marina rock list. Okay. Ambrosia, uh, the biggest part of me. Uh, baby, come back. Well, actually, it might be uh, because Marina rock was also considered like if the, if the songs had a nautical theme. Mm. So Steal Away might count. Okay. Key Largo definitely does count. Oh yeah. <laughs> Reminiscing by the Little River Band. Um. Yeah. These. <laughs> Oh man, and of course, you know, Sailing by um, Christopher Cross, who, um, I mean, Christopher Cross kind of shows the power of image, man. It's oh so man, sad. like, Christopher Cross, like, he, he was, he was the last, I guess he, you may consider him like the last radio star. Yeah. Um, because he is the, like, I, I, I was reading about the album. Mm -hmm. And then you look at a picture of him. Yeah. It's like, man, this guy blew up. He, oh, yeah. I don't know if you can say he swept the Grammys, but if you win five Grammys in one night. You did pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, he won Best New Artist it was an Album of the Year and mm -hmm. Song of the Year and Record of the Year. And there was some other category he won in, I think. But then that was 1980. When mm -hmm. did the MTV start? 1981 <laughs> so like he's the type of dude if you look at him um like nowadays he'd have to do comedy music to like really succeed to go with his look um 
I mean, he'd have to look like a Jack Black. He'd have to do like a Jack Black type thing, like a Tenacious D, because um, I just he couldn't make it any other way. It's really sad. Have you heard him say he can't pull that off? Yeah, you know, you do what you gotta do, man. Like, <laughs> you wanna make that money? Beautiful track. Um, yeah, this is this would be like the if you when you hear the term if if. If someone were going to tell you what Yacht Rock was and they this had to give it. you a song to explain it, this is it. Yeah. It it, it fits the marina rock. <laughs> the requirements for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're thinking of being on a boat in, you know, with the in the middle of the day. Or I something. might have played this last time I was on a boat, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, this one... In the Grammys, so he won Album of the Year for um, the self-titled Christopher Cross and Best New Artist. Um, and then this song in particular, Song of the Year, Record of the Year, and Best Instrumental Arrangement Accompanying Vocalists. So, um, yeah, I mean, he had a big year. 1980. And it was well-deserved, I think. I mean, this is a phenomenal song. Like, and just everything about the, the production is solid. And kind of bring this full circle... I get make this connected to Lou Pearlman. In <laughs> um, Sync's first album Did they has a cover of Sailing. Huh. I don't think I heard that one. M- might have been on purpose. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I know I heard Avant's cover of it, which it sounds like he's basically singing over this track. <laughs> um, only you know in typical Avant R&B fashion. Here is In uh, Sync's version of it. I'm almost afraid that I might have heard it. Is it all acapella? Oh, I don't like this one production. Mm. Oh man, that studio guitar. That was not. This is, this is not a guitar, people. This is a keyboard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very popular in the late 90s, early 2000s. That is a keyboard. You might also recognize this from the beginning of Angel of Mine by Monica. And I think they also probably used it for The Boy Is Mine by Monica and Brandy. <laughs> oh, man. No? You're not feeling it? Nah, not at all. Alright. We'll stop the suffering. They tried, though. Um... So, uh, what were we talking about here? Okay, so, I mean, there were, I mean, with this kind of, um, the kind of format of these songs, there are a lot of one-hit wonders out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, uh, you heard of, uh, Orleans? Yes, yeah, still the one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Player? Did they do Baby Come Back? Yeah. Uh, Ace. What did they do? How Long? How Long Has This Been Going On? Yeah. The cover of the Paul Carrick song? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Paul Carrick covered their song. Which Paul, was, well, Paul Carrick was in the band. Oh, he was? Yeah. Shut up. I thought Paul Carrick was only in um, Mike and the Mechanics. He's, he was in um, he was in Mike and the Mechanics, Ace, and Squeeze. Paul Carrick is in Squeeze? Oh, Lord. Tempted? <laughs> he that's, so, him. that's him? That's him. He sounds different to me. He sounds very different there. Is he a vocal chameleon? 
he might be. Let, let's let's give the people a, a, a taste. Tempted's like my favorite squeeze song. You wanna go you wanna go with uh Tempted or Ace? Let's go with Ace. Here we go. I like his voice I like his voice a lot better when he was an ace. Had a little bit of grit to it. Kinda like when he got to Mike and Mechanics. Hold on, so when was this song uh, released originally? Um, let's see. Uh, 1974. Okay, a lot of soul in this man's voice. One of the, kind of the, um, I don't know, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't get as much, as much pub as, as he should. No, he doesn't. Uh, I didn't know who he was really until maybe about a year ago when I heard like I knew the songs, I just had no clue who sang them. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, you know, I recently found it like, oh, he was in. I knew he was in Mike and Mechanics. Yeah, that's I where I knew his from. face. Yeah. Um, and I knew he was in Squeeze because I saw a picture of the band. Okay. Uh, I had heard this song, and I, I actually still on the list. Um, um, Nighttime Stories is this label. Uh, that had this they have this series of compilations in which they get an artist to kind of make their own mixtape mm-hmm. and they got Groove Armada to make a mixtape called mm-hmm. and it's a series called Late Night Tales okay and on Groove Armada's list was this song and it was the only version on Spotify that I could find um, but they've since added Ace to the Spotify catalog okay. Yeah, because I remember um, I've heard a country, I heard a country cover of this, and then I've heard, of course, Paul Herrick redid this on like an album later in life. Um, oh, um, I think I told you, uh, kind of like around like the last episode we did. Uh, remember I told you about that band Undercover? Yes, they did a cover of that <laughs> Oh, all right, I gotta play you guys this. Um, so undercover was this band um (laughs) i i kind of i'm not sure how to explain (laughs) who they are yeah but they took like a lot of songs from the 70s and 80s and basically like um they sound like if CNC Music Factory made <laughs> those songs. That's not description. So this is their version of How Long. And uh <laughs> I, I imagine this being on um on uh remember MTV had a show called The Grind? Mm-hmm. Or um <laughs> I think you did play this for me. Oh man. <laughs> Oh god! The only thing missing was a rap break <laughs> by Marky Mark. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's, got, it's got those nine oh nines. He's due for he's due for a comeback, right? Marky Mark, he's due for a, a new rap album. No. <laughs> Before I, Eminem, there was Marky Mark. You can't go twenty five years between albums between rap albums. Yeah. I wonder who his influences were. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna look into that and research that. Who were his influences? He probably liked KRS-One and Big Daddy Kane. And you think so? Did he listen? To, yeah, he was a racist dude from Boston. Like, did he really? 
who did rap music. Yeah, which is so funny. It's like, <laughs> was he like, I can do it better than them. Like, is that why he started rapping? Yeah. Uh, well, you know who probably told him? Who? Maurice Star. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. It's like, your brother Donnie says you got skills. Like, <laughs> well, Donnie was the rapper at New Kids on the Block. Was it? Yeah, he, I guess he was. Oh, God. Guys pull up their New Kids on the Block very first album. They got a they got a song called New Kids on the Block, and it's a rap song. And Donnie, Donnie, Donnie got bars. 12-year-old white kid from Boston bars. <laughs> Donnie wrote all, the, he wrote all the raps for them. He was their ice cube. He was... <laughs> 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 he put it down oh man speaking of that not to get too far off topic I finally did get to see Straight Outta Compton a couple of weeks ago I still haven't seen it phenomenal movie I know I've thrown that word around a lot today um, really good movie I know I read a few things where they said they kind of glossed over a few things like um, Dr. Dre's you know history of um, misogyny um, MC Ren says he doesn't feel that he was properly you know um, represented, I think the guy named Alonzo who ran the club and played in the um, the band with Dr. Dre says he was not that mean. Um, I don't remember anything. I can't remember anything well, else. You know, a lot of times with these biopics um, or like these true stories, people take, short end. <laughs> they take liberties. Yeah, I mean, somebody has to look like a villain. Mm -hmm. um, actually, I was watching, I saw this video on YouTube about it was like nine true stories where the people lied to you, you know, um, they brought up like the blind side. Yeah. And I still haven't seen that movie, but I've heard that. Yeah, that wasn't Michael Orr was it happy with it. Uh, cause they made him look like a, a, a lost deer in the woods. He didn't know how to play. <laughs> like, yeah, I know how to play football. <laughs> yeah, like, It's like, there's no scene in which, uh, <laughs> teaches me how to play football. Like he, like the real story is he had, he knew how to play football. He was just homeless. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It wasn't like I've never played football before. And even though I'm six foot five, I'm completely uncoordinated. Sandra Bullock, save me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was God. like a, a dramatic version of different strokes. Almost. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they'll take um, liberties with, with those kinds of stories. Just like they took liberties in Yacht Rock. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, we've talked about, uh, well, Christopher Cross kind of dominating the Grammys, mm -hmm. but a couple of years later, even though it was still in the early days of the music video mm -hmm. being a tool, uh, Toto's album, Toto four, mm -hmm. um, is like the crowning achievement, I think of, of the genre of this kind of category. Um, uh, I feel like you may know a little bit more about the album than I do. I'd have to, but... Let me look it up because I'm not going to lie. Some of their albums do kind of blur together. Um, well, Total 4 had Rosanna. Af did have Africa, Africa. Okay. Yeah, that was... Okay. I recognize that cover. <laughs> yeah, that was that was good. Um, Rosanna, of course, being... I believe... No, Africa, I think, was the biggest hit. Um, let's see. Yeah, lead, um, lead single Rosanna was number two. Africa um, was number one. So, yeah, Africa was their first number one hit, too. Um, yeah, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Toto kind of, um trying to think, what was before that one? Turn Back, which had 
Um, I'm trying to think of the one that had that had Goodbye Eleanor on it. Turn back. So I mean, they were they were a little bit harder, and that's I I don't think a lot of people remember that about Toto, or maybe they just don't care. Um, before that, they were pretty hard. Well, no, I, I take that back. Because Georgie Porgy was on um was on their self titled Toto, and Georgie Porgy was kind of like an R and B smooth hit song. But Hold the Line was not. <laughs> Hold the Line was in your face rock music, especially back then, which, you know, of course you have to think back then, um, hold the line was probably a very heavy track. Um, and then with, with total four, they kind of really kind of full circle type. Um, cause they had worked with Michael Jackson by then they were known as writers. So yeah, Africa's Africa is still everywhere right now, <laughs> which the, it, that's one of the weird, it's a very, weird song to me i guess because um <laughs> uh i read about this so it says jeff picaro explains the idea behind the song a white boy is trying to write a song on africa but since he's never been there he can only tell what he's seen on tv or remembers in the past <laughs> and i was also remembering too they switched singers after this album as well um, Bobby Kimball was no longer the lead singer. They, um, I, and I remember thinking, I was like, wait, I think this was his last album. They had a, um, a slew of different singers after this. Um, I'm trying to think what happened there. They've had a lot of singers. I'll just put it that way. I don't, I don't remember the exact history. I want to think they're back with the original singer now though. Yeah. Well, Bobby Kimball was the, he was the lead singer on Africa. Yeah. Least. Um, but I think they've, uh, yeah, let me look back here. Again, brush up on my total knowledge here. That first album had, um, was it Fergie? Or not Fergie. Um, she's from the black eyed peas. Um, <laughs> no, Bobby Kimball was on there, but they all sung anyway. Steve, look, Steve, look at their song. Um, yes, I apologize. I have to go back and, and brush up on some more of my, um, my total knowledge. Yes. I just remember the, the original lead singer looked like, um, at least to me, like Ron Jeremy. Yeah. He had the dark hair with the mustache. Mm -hmm. It was kind of pudgy. Um, could sing his ass off. I still remember the hold the line video. Um, but I was not aware that he still was in the band at that point. He sounds very, di he sounds very different on Africa. Yeah. But now that I think about it, though, I have seen quite a few live videos with him singing really, really hard on it. Like, Looking like Ryan Jeremy after a shoot. Ah, <laughs> uh, this is the classic. One thing that that's interesting to me is that, uh, with some of these songs, like with a Toto or who else could I consider here? Maybe a little Steely Dan, mm -hmm. maybe even Ace, Michael McDonald, um, include uh, Kenny Loggins on it as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and Ambrosia, yeah. especially. Uh, a lot of like contemporary R&B oh, yeah. could be traced back to Yacht Rock. Yeah, well, I mean, hell, um, Eric Benet covered Georgie Porter with Faith Evans. Um, like, it's, yeah, there's definitely a lot of influence. Um, 
I mean, that's a very astute observation. Because now I'm thinking, because I never really thought about that, other than the fact that Eric Benet covered Georgie Porgy um, with Faith Evans playing the part of Cheryl Lynn to a certain degree. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, there is... Because um, I'm trying to think now, like, who else has done covers that were prominent? Like, this is kind of untapped potential here. Like, people could come back and cover some of these songs. Um, and I... I don't know. Uh, well, we have the NSYNC trying to do Sailing, but like as far as a, R&B artists doing any yeah. of these songs. I'm trying to think like as a big single, because I mean, like, um, I mean, we've heard this song sampled a few times. Uh, well, there's this song. Um, it, I, I don't know if, if I put this on the list. Or, well, I think they were in the, considering the category. Um familiar with this yes, one? Yes, I, I can't think of the name of the song, but I recognize that beginning, because the guitar's about to come in in just a second. Electric guitar, playing a lead lick. I, I don't think so. Not with no. this one. Hold on, hold on. And for those who can't see, I just pointed because I thought it was about to come in right there. No, that's not what this one is. <laughs> I know this song because I recognize the phase, the guitar phase in the beginning. What's the name of this song? This is called I'm Not In Love by 10CC. I do not recognize that name, but I, I know that beginning. I might have, was this in Anchorman? Uh, I don't know if this was in Anchorman. I know this song. I don't know any of this. Because with this, they, um, the, the backing track is mostly it's it's all vocals mm -hmm. they made like a vocal wall or yeah. effect um, <clears throat> uh, this song was featured in Virgin Suicides Bridget Jones Lisa Proposal Deuce Bigelow hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy okay uh, that might have been where I heard it from Guardians <clears throat> of the Galaxy it was on that sound I bet it was on that soundtrack the mixtape that his mom made for yeah. him Okay, that's where I knew it from. Okay. Was there was yacht rock on that album? Um Well I don't know if that Elvin Bishop song would be considered yacht rock. The guy from um Was that from Boston sang on it? No no the guy from Jefferson Starship sang sang on it. Fool Around and Fell in Love. I knew I'd heard this, but that's where I heard it from. This is I was mistaking this song for something else with an electric guitar lead lick that came in. It had kind of a similar um, phase phasing effect on it, which is what that is. Um, kind of like a flanger or a tremolo or um, stereo phaser. Very popular in the 70s. In psychedelic music. Which this isn't necessarily psychedelic music, but has a psychedelic influence. Uh, also, we've already played it, but the Pina Colada song is on the Guardians of the Galaxy mixtape. Yeah, I remember that. Because didn't he dance to... Well, have you seen Guardians of the Galaxy? No, I haven't. You haven't? You need to see it. It's a good movie. Um, that was, that, that was in, my, in my opinion, when Marvel started making comedy action movies rather than the sort of action movies. Um, I want to think that might be one of the songs he dances to at the beginning of the movie, Pina Colada. It's been a while since I've seen it. I don't care for it anymore. Um, I think Chris Pratt was perfect for that role, though. Especially afterwards when he was in Jurassic Park. That kind of launched him. Um, 
the one thing that was another thing that was um, interesting uh, in the series in the web series Yacht Rock, mm-hmm. Kenny Loggins was like the the rebel yeah. <laughs> of the group um, because of his he he his music might have, it's it wasn't smooth it wasn't I'm all right yeah, yeah. danger zone <laughs> yeah. Um, for one, it wasn't that smooth. It wasn't as smooth as you know they would have liked it to be. And two, he was doing songs for movies. Mm-hmm. Um, what is I guess? What do you think of uh, with Kenny Loggins? What is it? What is it? What do you think of when you hear Kenny Loggins? Well, I don't always think of Yacht Rock. I mean, I, I know he did work with some. Well, with Michael McDonald is the first person that comes to mind. But like, he's always been a rocker to me. Um, even to this day, like I listened to his album, um, um, with too much is not enough. And, and this was an album that I, I found at target. I mean, like he sounded old, but like every song in there had like a rock edge to it. Not necessarily like a modern rock edge. Like he didn't sound like Godsmack or something, but he sounded like, you know, like, a, like kind of like pop rockish and it's not on Spotify. Um, <laughs> no. I yeah. you're talking about like back to Avalon or something. Mm-mm. But I think of him more as a rock artist. I mean, he's his songs are a little bit more aggressive, except his his version of What a Fool Believes was very soft. And I mean, it had a guitar solo in it, but like I thought it was very soft. I didn't really care for it. But other than that, like that's what he is to me, a rock artist. And he has a lot of I'd almost say like a lot of rockabilly influence as well. And his in a lot of his songs. Yeah. Um, with uh, I'm All Right. Yeah. Heavy rockabilly. That's, yeah. Let's play a little bit of that one. Oh, and How About Now? That was the name of the album he came out with, How About Now. Which one? How About Now. That's the new record he came out oh, with okay. when we were still in school. Um, even though this was a hit song, the lyrics don't make sense. Nope. <laughs> Not at all. I think, I, you know, there there is a... Um, <clears throat> there is a, a Yacht Rock uh, episode about how he came to do this song <laughs> and I think that's really what happened even though like you know it's it's a parody and it's fictionalized mm-hmm. I feel like just what happened like Harold Ramis ran into Kenny Loggins on the street <laughs> I'm writing this uh, comedy movie about golf <laughs> <laughs> with Michael O'Keefe Michael O'Keefe was a star at the time he played he was like the young oh. kid in Caddyshack I don't um, yeah, it, as a matter of <laughs> fact I don't think I ever, I've ever seen Caddyshack I've seen it. Um, people feel like it's the best, one of the best comedies or one of the best sports comedies ever made. Mm-hmm. I don't see it. I'm not. I'm not really feeling it. I guess because, um, I mean, I only watched it like five years ago. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't. I wasn't really digging it. I mean, I like Rodney Dangerfield. I like this comedy. But um, as far as this. It had like certain scenes. Certain yeah. scenes are funny, well, I, which I understand people like, like um, uh, Chevy Chase saying "Nanu" or something. Yeah, <laughs> when he putted, or Bill Murray's scene where he's pretending he's at the Masters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. I do like Bill Murray. I, I forgot he was in this, so that uh, that alone would make me check it out because I like Bill Murray when he was in his. In you the probably 80s. might only like that scene though. Okay. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> sucks um and it, it's just a lot of yeah it, 
the movie doesn't make sense to me, and the this song doesn't make sense. Yeah, but the musically it's it's catchy. Oh, it's very catchy. Yeah, but he's trying to use like the plot of the movie oh, in the okay. lyrics, and oh. it doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, there was he also uh, which I heard recently in Caddyshack Two, Kenny Loggins did a song for that too. What song did he do there? Um, let's see if I can find it. Um, Caddyshack. I guess I need to check out this movie. No, you don't necessarily have to. Oh, Ramis. He was um, he was Egon, right? Egon. And um, and um, Ghostbusters. And Ghostbusters. Yeah. I guess that's his character name. I don't remember Ghostbusters. I don't remember a lot about it. Yeah, Egon Spengler. Yeah. Ghost. Oh, I love. I love Ghost. We were. Ah, oh, man. Um, we were talking about the movie that um just the other day. A friend of mine has the um Vigo poster from Ghostbusters. He has this it framed. Is, um, <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, Nobody's fool from Caddyshack Two. Yeah. Kind of. All right. This kind of reminds me of um. Reminds me of um Danger Zone. Um, this was a hit song, even though I don't. I th- also, it doesn't make any sense. And um, back to the and, shack. Yeah, <laughs> the movie doesn't make any sense, and they didn't get the original cast. A lot okay. of the original cast. I think Chevy Chase ended up doing it, but they ended up getting like Jackie Gleason. Oh God! Instead of Roddy Dangerfield. And um, I'm not even sure if Harold Ramis wanted to be involved in it. It's like the studio's like, we got to make a Caddyshack too. I, I don't, I don't want to do Caddyshack too. Well, we're gonna make it anyway. Oh, <laughs> it seemed like it was that. That's got to be the worst as a director, I'd imagine. Especially like if like the studio like kind of has the rights to the property, intellectual rights. Yeah, I wouldn't like that at all. Um. So uh, as we try to get to wrap up this conversation here when it comes to yacht rock you know like i said it's a it's a lot of um i mean you would imagine being on a boat wearing your nautical gear Mm -hmm. you know steering um you just snorted some cocaine you're drinking champagne and you're just trying to mellow out Mm -hmm. you know um kenny loggins wouldn't be on your playlist honestly It, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be if you're trying to be mellow no um but Steely Dan, um, even Donald Fagan's solo stuff, um, which we haven't played, we may end the show with that. But Donald Fagan's solo album, The Nightfly, mm-hmm. um, would def- I had I think I had that. Yeah, I added that to the yacht rock list. Nice. That would be um, uh, that would be included on your playlist. You know, along with Christopher Cross and Bertie Higgins and some Bob Skag Bob Skaggs, but. I feel there has to be there's there's going to be cocaine involved. Yeah. Not and for you drug <laughs> enthusiasts, not weed either. Not weed, not not heroin, that's too much. But just cocaine, it'll just get you energized enough, but then mm-hmm. you you'll you're trying to you're trying to mellow out. <laughs> Maybe have a nice cigar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cigars, yes. Um, Man, if I wasn't busy, I might try and go sailing this week. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like an awesome time. Um Oh yeah, and so other artists that can be included, um, 
Oh, I got a message. Uh, I did include America on the list. Okay. Uh, Ventura Highway. That is okay. And Sister Golden Hair. Not really horse with no name. Yeah, Ventura Highway is a good song. I could um, see. I could see selling to that. Uh, Air Supply, Ambrosia, Chicago. Mm, which Chicago though? Um, if you leave me now. Okay. Okay. And Saturday in the Park. Okay. Okay. Um. Thought you were gonna like twenty five or six to four. I'm like, oh uh, no, no, not no. Yacht Rock. <laughs> uh, Dewey Brothers, of course, but with Michael McDonald. So, mm-hmm. what a fool believes. Um, listen it's, to the music, taking it to the streets, taking it to the streets. So basically, anything <laughs> like minute by minute or after, basically. <laughs> yeah, minute by minute. Yeah, yeah, it's on there. Um, who else we got? Which is and uh, kind Blue. of off topic, but kind of weird. Just like. When you look at um, a band that switched lead singers and was still successful, maybe even more <laughs> successful, which does t- typically does not happen. Yeah. Um, very interesting. I think them and like ACDC are like some of the <laughs> stories where like it worked, like we were able to do it. Does not normally work. Um, of course, Michael McDonald, uh, Pablo Cruz, uh, REO Speedwagon. Oh, yeah. Uh, Three Dog Night. Oh, okay. Um Say that say Little River Band already? No, I mentioned them earlier. The reminiscing um, Orleans or Orleans. Um, I say Orleans because that's how you're supposed to pronounce that city. It's New Orleans, not New Orleans. Well, I okay? mean, you could say New Orleans if you're like you know in the twenties, like going down New Orleans, like <laughs> New Orleans means you've never been there or or you're not from there. I've heard. New Orleans and Nolens. So yeah. I just hear the ends. It's not a ends kind of thing to me. But anyway. Um, Hell, I used Mark- to think Noya was the way they said it, but then I heard, oh, that's the project. Okay, gotcha. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I also added Night Ranger on here. Sister Hold Christian. On, Sister Christian, that's a good song. I was going to ask. It may, it may also count. Um, and Player and Journey, but I think I put Journey any way you want it on there because that song was featured in the Yacht Rock series. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, also, the, I think, you know, you're wondering, you know, we'll talk about if it's connected to contemporary R&B. I only have two black artists on the list. <laughs> One is Michael Jackson. The other is George Benson. Oh, which song? Uh, Breezin. Okay, okay. I could see. Okay, I could see that. Um, so, uh, well, I, think, I mean, he had a lot of soft. Like, he had Turn Your Love Around. Um, yeah. The other song that I can't think of, Jamie Foxx covered on the Quincy Jones tribute album. Oh, uh, um, Give Me the Night. Give Me the Night, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but see, that might be a little too too harsh. Too <laughs> for the yachts. <laughs> You're selling, um, and then George Benson starts yelling at you. <laughs> um, uh, so... It's just, it's a genre that, you know, it's kind of enjoyable just to play the music and stuff. It's, you kind of mellow out and, mm-hmm. um, and, but this was like, this was kind of the hard stuff too. <laughs> At the same time, <laughs> it's very weird. Um, but it was just enjoyable. I thought we could kind of get into it. We may revisit this down the line. Get I'm more always, depth. I love, I love Yacht Rock. So, I mean, hell, there's a band in Atlanta, Yacht Rock, Yacht Rock Review. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they dress in nautical gear. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, what I want to get to is our is my is my earworm of the week. And what you then, got for us? Um, 
um, I've listened to the album quite a bit lately and um, it's really good. And uh, when we had Eric here, he, he mentioned that he's been listening to it too. Uh, K Trinata's 99.9%. Okay. And he has a song with um, a guy who some people may mistake for Lloyd Banks, but it's not Lloyd Banks, okay? It's Greg David. <laughs> oh, God. People used to not believe me when I said that. I was like, he looks like, uh, Craig David looks like Lloyd Banks. Like, nah, And I pull up a picture like, hmm, I kind of see it. <laughs> um, but he may also look like, for people who um, know what we're talking about, he may also look like Brian Pumper and Otto <laughs> Bolden. Um, so wow. <laughs> those and Arian Foster, they're all the same oh, person. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, the song to do with Craig David, K Trinata featured Craig David is called got it good. And, uh, it's off the album 99.9%. Craig David, check out the album 99.9%. Um, he's also got a uh, who else is on this album? He's got uh, Anderson Pack, Aluna George, Vic Mensa, Fonte, uh, Sid from the internet, and Lil Dragon. Ooh, he's got some with Sid. I like that. Band. And I'm not talking about the World Wide Web, I'm talking about the band. Check a, band out. a band called The Internet. They're very good. Check them out. They performed with Stephen Colbert like, Did they? maybe a couple of months ago, I think. I think I saw them. Well, it was a YouTube video. I saw them initially. Well, I heard them in the car initially. I was getting towed um, because I broke <laughs> down, not because I didn't pay parking tickets. I, I broke down, but I heard the song "Girl" 
And then I saw them on um, Triple J in um, Australia performing okay. it. They were just like in studio. It was really cool. Like, And Kate Trinata's on that song. But the girl, he uh, either produced it or he's like Word? a, a okay. co-artist with them. Yeah. I know that's where I, I think. I, I knew I'd seen that name before. And that's probably where I saw it. I love that song. Um, so we're coming up at the end of the show. We're kind of almost on our hour and a half. Oh, anyway. we are. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought it'd be, so it's not that much shorter, but a time flies. <laughs> but, um, well, Ben, uh, I know you've been busy. And so have I, is there any progress with this website? Um, bruh, I'll be, <laughs> it's, Hey, if it's yeah. no, okay. No, I mean, there's but. no, there's not. And uh, <laughs> part of it is, is busy with trying to find a place to live. Busy with work. I actually, um, at my job, I am um, in charge of my department's newsletter. And yeah, yeah. And I offered to write an article trying to show my solidarity. You know, you know, I assigned them to the employees and I was like, you know what? You guys okay if I write an article about football? And so I wrote an article <laughs> about football. Um, and yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I can't say, it's, not, it's definitely not coming this week because I'm not going to be back until next week, next Tuesday at least. Um, maybe I take my laptop. I just get the feeling my time will be taken a lot by the bride and the groom. Oh, no, no, no worries. But the thing is, guys, um, this is still a new project. So mm -hmm. the whole thing. So, um, the plan is for there to be a website. Uh, we'll just let you know when it's done mm -hmm. <laughs> slowly, but surely. Um, so, uh, I mean, I'm not rushing him, uh, but. Well, one good thing too now is I have kind of wanted to. We wanted to be there, but hey. Well, I have an office now, so that's going to help as well. So I don't like my computer's not in my bedroom anymore. <laughs> and when I go and turn it on, I wake up my girlfriend, and she's like, "I got to get up in the morning." She doesn't do that to me, but I feel like she <laughs> feels that way, and then I feel bad. So now I have an actual office, so like I can get home late, and I can work on stuff now. Like I don't have to worry about waking her up. So, mm -hmm. and hopefully soon. Hold on. <coughs> I told y'all I'm sick. Anyway, um, <laughs> soon um, I'm I'm hoping to move myself and then have a a second room that will be the studio. Uh oh, that's what's up. You know, I'm I'm getting my my voice artist thing going. Uh oh. So uh, yeah, might be worth investing in. Yeah, yeah. that might work out. So. Oh my god, before I hack up a lung. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh Ben, um can you tell the people where you can find our podcast? <laughs> Jesus Christ, I can't talk. You can find us on iTunes. You can also find us on Podomatic. Um we're on Facebook. It was Facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. Is it by the time you hear this podcast or is it by the time you hear this? By the time you hear this. By the time you hear this. You can also find us on Instagram at by the time you hear us. Um, where instead of a U as in the word, we have a U as in the letter because we're straight up urban street. Um, are we on Twitter yet? In the streets, cause, we're not on uh, Twitter. We're not on Twitter. Should I know we you can use Twitter. I don't know. Uh, no, 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 <laughs> let's not use Twitter. Um, <laughs> I think Facebook and Instagram is enough. I would say if we were interesting enough, maybe a Snapchat, but I mean, with Instagram now you can do what Snapchat does. Um, and then we're also at by the time you hear uh, hear this podcast at gmail dot com, with the U for the um, for the YOU as well because we're urban. So hit us up, um, let us know what you think of the show. Do you think we're doing a good job? Do you think we're doing a bad job? Um, 
And yeah. right now, as he's saying this, I'm making a quick Insta snap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we can put it on our page. So is this one of those? Um, is this in our story? Yeah, the only one in the story. Oh, God. <laughs> How long does this story last? Is it 24 hours like Snapchat? Yeah. And then it's gone? Yeah. Okay. So you can do crazy things and it's gone. So you get to see oh, it. Now I you see know. inside. I didn't like that take. So we're going to take one more take as we're recording. And I just got an email from my mom. A text message from my mom. <laughs> At the same time. <laughs> um, okay. So this has been... This What's is up? my computer. We're recording our podcast. This is my stuff that we use. This is my mic. Um, you'll see this on our page soon. This is my mic. I am nothing without my mic. <laughs> okay. Um, That's very meta. <laughs> uh, I've been trying to use it more lately. Like I had a Snapchat and I never made a snap. I got so it. So I deleted it again. No, I, I had it and I... I, there's a term that I have, and I, I don't know if I've used it on the podcast yet. I go hipster on certain things. Mm. I go hipster on Snapchat. Like, I was using it back when, like, teenagers <laughs> were using it because two teenagers convinced me and Matt to use it. Um, and then when I found out that it was something that you could text pictures and they disappeared, I instantly knew what it was for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh-uh. No. And then... He used to tell you when someone would screenshot your picture and I sent this, I sent this person a selfie. I will not say their name. I sent them a selfie and they screenshot it. And I, I think I stopped using it after that. Mm. <laughs> I was kind of freaked out. I was like, Ooh, all right. Self in trouble, man. Yeah. Yeah. You watch out. Yeah. You really do. So, uh, well, uh, well, we have an email as well. Yes, By I the think. time you hear this is gmail.com. Did you already mention it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's at gmail. Um, and uh, that's about it. That's all I can <laughs> Drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Um, leave us a review on Podomatic or comment. Um, iTunes, leave us a review. Um, send us topic ideas through our emails or on Instagram or Facebook. Just, you know, we want to we want to reach out to out to the to the to the people listeners. I know we do. <laughs> So you feel free to contact us. Um, I was going back and forth about what to end the show with. Um, Donald Fagan or George Benson. What do you think? I'm a George Benson fan. I love George Benson. So, all right, we're going to go with George Benson. This is breezing. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you soon. Good night. (laughs) 